When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I can get all night. I can keep going all night, man. Straight classics. Go ahead. <laughs> all right, all right. Welcome, guys. The views and opinions expressed here are those of our guests and does not necessarily reflect those of the Culture Cards and or its members. So listener's discretion, as usual, is always advised. Welcome, everybody. I'm your meta host, MJ LaMama, and you're tuned into episode 42 of the Culture Talk, powered by CEO and founder of the Culture Cards NFTs, Fred Frenchie, in partnership with the number one hip-hop podcast, Drink Champs. Now, of course, tonight, we take a stroll into the journey and career of West Philly native who burst into the, or onto rather, the music scene in the early 2000s, giving us anthem after anthem. This cultural architect helped define Philly's hip-hop scene, making way for artists like the Meek Mills and the Uzi Verts, just to list a few. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, allow me to welcome the legendary Freeway. Welcome. Need to unmute your mic, my brother. I think so. <laughs> left, bottom left. If you see the little purple microphone. Perfect. How you doing, bro? Y'all hear me? Yes, sir. Ah, you're coming through. My bad. Good evening. What's up with you? All good. All Sorry, good, bro. Feeling, man. This my this my first time on yes. Twitter Spaces, man. So my bad. Bam. Well, we're honored. I was, I was, <laughs> yeah, we're I was, honored. I was running a little late with the mic and all that. Pause. <laughs> but what's up with y'all, man? <laughs> How y'all feeling, man? Man, can't complain. It's an honor to can't be complain, here, brother. Man. It's, it's, it's an honor. honor and a pleasure, man. I appreciate y'all. Everybody, y'all can hear me clearly? Yes, definitely. All right, cool. Just want to make hey, sure. Hey, it's, it's giving long-distance family member, but we can hear you beautifully. All right. Hold on. Let me take it from the card and see if it's a little better. Hold on. Beautiful, beautiful. We'll let him set up, guys. You know when you get those long distance phone calls that, from a family member better? outside. Y'all hear me better. That's better. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Well, listen, Freeway. You know, welcome. Thank you. We're honored to have you uh, as our. You know, as a first timer on Twitter Spaces, actually. So we're we're grateful for that. Um, you know, you're a Philly native, as we mentioned earlier, uh, West Philly to be exact. Um, you know, Philly, of course, is known for its grit and also for its hustler and blue collar class of people. Um, you know. Maybe tell us what life was like for you growing up. Oh, man. Life for me growing up wasn't too bad. You know, um, like you said, originally I was from West Philly. You know, I feel like my family probably was like a middle-class family. I had my mom and my dad, and both of them worked. You know, they both tried their best to provide a, um, a good life for me, you know, the best that they could do. There was times when they couldn't do it, times when my dad lost his job and stuff like that. But for the most part, you know, they tried their best and they tried to instill value in me, you know, and I feel like, you know, that's that's one of the reasons why I am the man that I am today. 
you know, so uh, ble- blessings to my mom and my father. Shout out to the mom and pops. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you come from a large family? Uh, Not too, not too large. I'm the only child as far as my mom and my father. And, um, oh, wow. Okay. On my mom's side, you know, I got probably, uh, we, I lost like my grandma and my grandfather on both sides. So I got like gotcha. a couple aunts. Like my, my uncle passed away last year on my mom's side. So I don't got no uncles on my mom's side, but on my dad's side. It's a pretty big family. I got a lot of cousins, gotcha. aunts, and uncles and stuff like that. Oh, this is so interesting to me because I didn't. You didn't strike me as someone as an only child. I feel like there's particular uh, characteristics of an only child. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily get that from you, <laughs> but um, but you know, being an only child and you know having both mom and dad working at one point, I'm sure that you at some point were left alone. Um, is that? I mean, I was yeah. a latchkey kid myself, but I had siblings, so I can't imagine what that would have looked like for you. How involved were your parents in actually raising you? Um, were you left alone a lot? Sort of trying to get a gauge of how you sort of developed your um your sense of self I mean, in the in the in the beginning you know they were definitely you know uh in my life as much as they can be but like i said both of them work so you know my dad was at work a lot my mom was at work a lot so i did have a lot of time to myself and by the time i got in the streets when i was probably like 15 16 i moved out because i was like the things that i was doing i didn't want my mom to see so you know i was i started going to school in north philly then i moved to north philly like I was with my homies. We had got an apartment together, and that's how I was carrying it. Like I would see my mom when I seen her, and my pop. I used to like see him when I see him. It was yeah. so crazy that on my first album, I would all the stuff that I was doing and I was talking about was the stuff that I was living. I'm like, damn, my mom about to hear this stuff. Like <laughs> I was like, damn, she about to judge me and be like, oh, that's why. Oh, she about to learn about you. But you know, when um when it came on, she still was pleased. I remember that year, um, I was I got arrested for possession with intent to deliver in '99, and um, early 2000 I was still locked up. So when I came home, I was like on house arrest, and Beans would be like doing all this stuff with Jay and be on the road, and he'd be like, as soon as you get off house arrest, I got you. You're gonna be right here with me. So when I got off house arrest, I was right there with him, and I remember my mom like, "Yo, you gotta get a job. Like, you can't go back to what got you locked up in the first place." And I told her, like, if I don't, if this rap stuff don't pop off by the end of the year, I'm going to get a job. But I just was telling her that. I had no intentions on doing that. And um, I think the Dynasty <laughs> came out, like, around uh, Halloween. And we had some stuff in Philly, and my mom came, and she was like, you said you was going to do it by the end of the year, and you did it. I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, oh, shit, I did say that. Hey, uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> by the grace of God, for sure. Yeah, That's definitely. funny. But, but I, I'm just kind of curious to know, how do you go from, you know, coming from a middle class family to then choosing a lifestyle in the streets? I mean, what was the appeal to you at that point? I'm, I'm sure, um, you know, we can pinpoint some of the things, but I, I want to hear it from you. What was what was what attracted you to the streets coming from the middle class suburban, you know, at, at atmosphere? Well, environment you were in? I might be a little generous with the middle class. Like, you know what I'm saying? It OK, was <laughs> I lived in West Philly, like on 52nd and market between arch and race. So it's not. You know, they both had jobs. Like, we wasn't, it was a lot of times there was things that I wanted that I couldn't get. Like, you know what I'm saying? And when I started going to Kensington High School in North Philly with my cousins, because my cousins, uh, Raheem and Todd, they moved with me out West Philly first. And then they went to, they moved back to North Philly. And when they went to school in North Philly, I had gotten into some trouble at West Philly High School. So they transferred me to Kensington and I went to school down there. And, um, 
down there, like people was making money and the things that they wanted, they was getting it. And I would see it. Like I would go out on the corner and like everybody had on Pelly Pellies, everybody had fresh polo and these things that I wanted. And it was an easy mm. way for me to get it out there. So that's what I did. Like, you know what I'm saying? So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that makes a little more sense now. So your mother, as I understood it, was a Christian. Your father was a practicing, uh, he was practicing an African religion. Can you tell me what that religion is actually? Uh, it was called the Nation of the Kibbalan. So um, it was a guy there, his name was Baba, and he had like all these wives and uh, they were vegetarians and we had land in North Carolina. We would go down there like every summer, like when like a retreat. And they had like houses and stuff that they built from the ground up. And we had like watermelons and fruit and stuff that we grew on the land, you know. So um, now that I'm Muslim and I have an understanding of religion and an understanding of what's going on, um, Islamically, they was really shot out because they they was doing a lot of bid'ah and they was doing a lot of uh, bid'ah is when you uh, bring partners to God and like you say that uh, God is not the only one like as he has part if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast and indeed doesn't just help you hire faster 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey with indeed everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. He has people that help him, and that's what they were doing. And then we had a brother there named Brother Ignatin that they were saying was the prophet. And, like, you know, everybody that's, that's Muslim knows that the last prophet that's ever going to be on this earth is the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, so... It was a lot of stuff that was shot out. And, you know, eventually, probably like 12, 13 years later, you know, I took my father to take Shahada and he was Muslim and he died upon Islam. So that makes me feel amazing. 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 Mashallah. Muslim and give him his proper rights. You know, that's one of the most important things and one of the hardest things that I had to do in my life. But, you know, it's a blessing to be able to do it and be there for him. Indeed it is. And and you were rightful guidance for him to some degree, right? So that's actually yeah, quite definitely. beautiful. Um and so I'm to, I'm trying to, to the f- full degree, not to some degree. To the to oh gotcha. Degree. So you're the full influence. I, I you know, Philly is a no, very I mean, as, far, as far as the right this like the right decision, like him, him oh, yeah, dying yeah. Upon Islam, like you know, Oh absolutely. Right, I I absolutely. feel one hundred percent that's the right thing for him. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, just FYI, I'm Muslim too. So I understand your perspective in that. So I get it. <laughs> Wa alaikum assalam. So, <laughs> oh, French is about to crack out the Arab right now. Come on, Frenchie. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm Muslim too. You know, it's a, a reunion. Yeah, look, like look, right look at that. Three Muslims on, on stage. <laughs> That's awesome. And so, um, you know, I just wanted to know, so how did you actually come into Islam, given that your father was practicing a different faith um, and your mother mother was Catholic? I'm sure she had some level of influence in you as well. Um, you know, why Islam? Why did you come into Islam or how did you find Islam? First and foremost, Philadelphia, the city where I'm from, is a large, heavily influenced Islamic city. Like, you know, it's a lot. The, the, the city of Philadelphia is influenced by Islam so much that you might see somebody walking down the streets with their pants cut short and with a long beard, and you can greet them and say, alaikum, and they will be like, I'm not Muslim, but what's up? Because the city is so heavily influenced by Islam, even people that are Muslim are dressing like the Muslims and looking like the Muslims, you know? So uh, I've seen it everywhere, like, you know, and I had a couple homies that was Muslim, and when I was old enough to decipher religion for myself, everything in Islam just made sense. Like, you know, it was... And even like to this day, like when I had conversations with my mom and we talk about religion and we talk about Islam and um, no disrespect to Christians and Christianity, but we always get to a point where she's like, I just believe because that's what my parents did. Like, you know, I'll come with her. I'll come to her with proofs and with like, you know, different things from the Quran and, and, and from the Sunnah, even when they um, when they launched this new telescope, the James Webb telescope and like all these scientists uh, became Muslim and they're now realizing that the things that they said in the Quran, they're actually seeing now like the universe multiplying every second. And like, you know, all these things that's, that, uh, Allah told us through the prophet peace be upon him 1400 years ago. Like people are now starting to realize these things and they're starting to embrace this Islam. And I'll be, um, coming to my mom and my aunts with that because I really want them to die as Muslims. Like, you know what I'm saying? Cause I feel like that's the best thing for them. So most of the time when we, when we, uh, had that conversation we get to that point where she like you i feel like you're right about everything but this is just because my mom and like you know my family just what they was on when they was growing up you know so absolutely and i can i can completely understand it from that perspective as well because i mean no one really ever wants to make the wrong decision right yeah. and i think yeah. that it's it's hard to convince someone it's the right decision unless they see it for themselves so may yeah. allah grant her the path if that is for her I say i mean of course and I mean, um yeah. And so so what sort of inspired I know that you mentioned that, you know, just being in the city, being in the atmosphere where it's it's heavily mm -hmm. dominant with Muslims and the culture is there. What actually led you into the fold of Islam? Did you read a book? Was it a friend? How did you actually how were you led into it? I had a friend that lived out um, that lived on my block in West Philly. Mm -hmm. His name is Dante. And he was Muslim and he was like real cool. He was like one of the coolest people I knew. He was Muslim and he took me to the masjid and, you know, I started to read for myself and I started to study. And like I said, everything makes sense. I always had a problem with, with Christianity. It just didn't make sense to me. Like it just felt wrong. When I was younger, I used to pray all the time too. Like I used to have a long prayer that I said at night. Like I was like, bless my mom, bless my father, bless everybody that I ever met. Like I always felt a connection with God. But once I took Shahada, and I became Muslim and I started praying, I really felt a connection. Like, you know, y'all Muslims, so y'all know, like, 
when you're mm-hmm. doing it properly and yeah, you're definitely. offering a lot properly, you could feel the connection with God. Like, and you know, mm-hmm. once I felt that, it was no turning back. Understood. I understood that that's very clear to me. And so mm-hmm. now, was this before or after your music career blew up? No, this was way before my music career blew way up. Way before. Okay. Yeah, I was like okay. 13, probably like 13 or like something like that. Oh, oh wow! Right. Thirteen, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I converted when I was seventeen or eighteen. Thirteen, yeah. That's pretty. Like, yeah, the the dedication was there, man. That's crazy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's to the point where, like, when when I I was Muslim before I started going down North Philly, then a lot of like the neighborhood that I moved in in North Philly. Well, I didn't move down there until I was probably like about sixteen, but. The neighborhood that I would frequent in North Philly, my grandmother lived down there. So I would go down there all the time anyway when I was younger. So everybody knew me from that. But we had two masjids, like, you know what I mean, in walking distance. And, like, you know, everybody was Muslim. And when I first mm-hmm. moved down there, when I first started going down there, I was super Muslim. Like, you know what I'm saying? I didn't smoke weed. I didn't do anything. I would be out on the corner doing what I did. But I would, like, niggas be smoking. I'm like, yo, y'all tripping. We got to pray. Like, what's wrong with y'all? Then, like, when Juma would come and people wouldn't go to Juma, I'd be like, yo, y'all is crazy. Like, y'all know we got to go to Juma? And they'd be like, man, free, chill out. Like, we got to get this money and, like, we going to do it and all that. And then slowly but surely, I started, you know, I started smoking. I started doing everything that they was doing. You know, alhamdulillah, I was able to, you know, refocus myself and pull myself out of that. But, you know, for a long time, it was a, a decline, you know, a religious Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I can imagine because, I mean, you're, you're, you know, being in the West, it's, I wouldn't say that it's hard, but it is challenging to sort of uphold a lot of our customs and cultural um, requirements and things of that sort in, in this climate, especially. And it's really quite easy to veer off. And it's interesting, I, I, I ask this and I say this because uh, I know that you're very close to Muta, who we've actually had uh, on here before, Napoleon, for those who don't know. Um, yeah, that's my brother. Of the outlaws. And so, you know, I've heard you say, you know, he's moved to, to Saudi Arabia in order to live a, a more holistic, you know, lifestyle when it comes to Islam. Whereas yeah. for yourself, you've decided to stay out in the West. Um, do you ever consider potentially removing yourself from the West and moving to, you know, uh, the Mideast somewhere, somewhere where you can practice your, your deen um, openly, but also comfortably uh, without any sort of challenges? Yeah, definitely, inshallah. It's, it's definitely a, a goal of mine to at least, you know, get some property in Saudi Arabia and be able to spend some time there and then come back and spend some time here. It's definitely um, it's definitely a goal of mine. And, like, you know, being Muslim anywhere is challenging. Like, I visited Saudi Arabia several times, and I remember one time I was out there, and, you know, um, I was a guest of the kingdom, you know, so they took took us around, and we talked to youth like in Medina and Jeddah and like um, different different places in Saudi Arabia. And I remember clearly we was in Jeddah. I think Jeddah is like an hour away from uh, Medina. My auntie lives there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we were talking to these kids and they live an hour away from the Kaaba, but they never been there. And I'm like, y'all never been to the Kaaba and it's an hour away? I'm like, bro, do you know us people where I live or cut your arm off to get to the cop? Right? <laughs> y'all not going, y'all bumped y'all head. So, you know, um, it's not being being Muslim is challenging wherever you at. It's just about that connection with God. And, you know, it's people in America that's doing what they're supposed to do 100%. You know what I'm saying? It's just about the person. And 
I feel like now that I'm older and I'm more focused and I've been through some real things to let me know that Allah is real. Like, you know what I'm saying? With no doubt in my mind. So it's up to me to, to do what I'm supposed to do wherever I'm at, like as a man. So that's how I feel about it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you. And so obviously, you know, we're on this earth as, you know, beings on a quest for purpose, you know, mm. uh, we're constantly tried with challenges and afflictions. So how has Islam actually played a role in your perception of the world? Man, listen, I, uh, it, it played a huge role in my perception of the world. You know how people say we're human beings on a spiritual journey? Islam may allow me to realize that we're spiritual beings on a human journey. Like that, like our our time on this earth is very short. Like you know, and um, the main goal for for the human being is to worship Allah and to make sure your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds before you pass away. Like you know, before you uh, before it's your time. You know, and uh, that helped me focus a lot. Like you know, um, I had to bury my two children. I had to bury my father. Like in a in a uh, span of three years. Like you know, what I'm saying. Mm. Something like that would devastate, like losing one person would devastate a regular person, you know, but mm -hmm. my connection with Allah, my connection with Islam, with Islam allowed me to realize what's really going on out here. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, uh, what we what we have is not ours, like the cars, the houses, the money, our children, our family. These things belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And these are things that he's he gave us. So if he decides to take those things back, we can't be upset with it. We have to understand that that's the cut of a law and he can do what he want to do. He can do what he will. Our prophet, peace be upon him, one of the most beloved people that ever walked the face of the earth. And Islamically, we feel as though he's the best of mankind. He lost six of his children in his lifetime. So when my son passed away, I'm like, wow, like my son passed away. My daughter was diagnosed with cancer in uh, September of 2020. My son passed away in October of 2020. So when my son passed away, I'm like, my daughter got cancer. We fighting, but it's no way that my daughter going to die too. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, it's no way that God is going to mm. put me through that. Like, right. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, we was rocking. We was like, we was fighting, Um, you know, uh. I was trying my best to, you know, make sure she was as close to God as she could be. And that's how mm -hmm. we was carrying it. And then, you know, she passed away in 2021. And, you know, it was devastating for me to lose my two children. But then I thought about our prophet, peace be upon him. And I thought peace about how he him. dealt with it. And he lost six children. And he's the best mm -hmm. of mankind. You know what I'm saying? So if Allah allowed him to lose six of his children and he dealt with it with grace who am I to be complaining that I lost two of my children? Like, you know, I just have to take 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 it for what it's worth and, and realize that Allah is not going to put nothing on me that I can't handle. And that's, you know, that's my attitude about it. And that's mm. one of the things that helped me get up and go through my day every, every day. May the Almighty expiate them from all their sins and grant them the highest of heavens. Amen. Um, Amen. Amen. May they rest in peace, man. Uh, that's, that's, uh, yeah. that's a real... That's why I, I titled that stuff like resilience. You, you, uh, like you know, I wanted to commend you on that. I, I, I was like, you know, I wasn't even about to uh, address those uh, topics because I wanted to be respectful. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, definitely, 
uh, I want to commend you, like you know your 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 courage and the the, the I mean what you actually um, showing us as human being here and being like you know in the industry especially is just mm -hmm. like you know very motivating and inspiring. So I really want to make sure that like you know we give you your flowers in that regards, man. Uh, and I know I can't like you know I just had a daughter 16, 16 months ago. I don't mm -hmm. I don't even know how I'm gonna behave like you know I can't that's something I can't even put in my in my mind those type of stuff like yeah. you know what I mean so. Uh, I know that it's must be like you know, uh, I mean that, that's something I can't even talk about because I I can't I, I never experienced it. So that's yeah. yourself like talking about it right now is just like uh, I really appreciate that and uh, thank you, thank you for just even being here. And I know like Philly is uh, also like you know mourning another young bull. Uh, you know uh, yeah. that's that was very very. Uh, Mm -hmm. I know Gilly a lot. I mean, I know him uh, well, and uh, uh, May's uh, song "Rest in Peace." And um, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, shout out, shout out to Gil. You know, I, um, that's my brother. Like we. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I knew Gil for a long time. We used to see each other in the match year when we were younger. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been with him every day since, since since the situation happened to his son. And, you know, I'm honored to be able to be there with my brother and, like, be there to console him and help him get through this sad situation that, you know, I happened to go through before him. Like, you know what I'm saying? So that's what that's what real brotherhood is about, man. And, you know, his, his genazza is tomorrow, and we're going to all be there. We're going to all pray for him and pray that, you know, a law, you know, allows his son, you know, to to get get his jinnah, man, and inshallah he be um, raised amongst the Muslims, and you know, he's able to enter jinnah, and we be able to reunite with our children. Absolutely, I mean, indeed, and mm -hmm. so you know, when we talk about the resilience of it all, and I think that you know, you just highlighting the fact that you were able to have a level of acceptance that to our lord we you know belong to him we shall return and so mm -hmm. when you when you develop this character what sort of advice would you be able to give someone who is in fact mourning the loss of a child or a loved one i mean again with the child i think that is probably one of the biggest challenge anyone would ever be yeah. faced with yeah definitely i'm is 
it's unexplainable. Like the pain, like the pain is unexplainable, and like it could hit you out of nowhere. Like I could be anywhere doing anything, and like a smell, a song. A, and I was in the uh, produce market not too long ago, and like my daughter would going going there with me. And she's like the watermelon whisperer. Like she always would pick like the right watermelon juice. She was like, Dad, let me pick the watermelon. And every time she pick it, it would be sweet and juicy and it would be a good watermelon. And like just I walked in a produce store and I seen like the the barrel of watermelons and it just I just broke down. Like, you know, it's just like anything, a memory, anything could trigger it, man. But you know, the best thing that we could do for our loved ones that passed away is pray for them and you know. Uh, donate things in their name like you know uh, uh we had got a well a well building yemen dedicated to my daughter and my son and um it was a it was a town in yemen that didn't have clean water and now we we put a well over there and we donated it in my son and my daughter's name so inshallah every time somebody drinks from that well my children will still continue to get blessings even beautiful if I'm like that well lasts a hundred years they'll be getting the blessings of a hundred years of people drinking from that well, like, you know, and people, Beautiful. that's what I would suggest for people that lost their loved ones, like, just continue to do things for them that's going to better them while they're in that grave, and, and we pray that when we're in a situation where it's time for us to pass away, that we have people that care about us enough to do those so, same things for us, because it's going to mm. be a time where don't nobody remember, like, and another thing that happened when my kids passed away, it made me remember other people that passed away. Like the reminder benefits the believer. Like my cousin Raheem, he passed away like 20 years ago. I'm like, I know nobody not even thinking about him or praying for him or doing anything for him. So that made me want to go even harder for my cousin. So now every time I pray for my kids, I pray for my cousin and I pray for other people that I remember that passed away a long time ago, you know, cause we're going to all die eventually. Like, you know, and, we need these things to keep going on for us too. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because nobody's perfect. Like, you know what I'm saying? But the object is to make sure your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds. Like I was telling Gil, I was telling Gil earlier today, like you, you, these things that we're doing, your son can't do for himself anymore. So we have to do them for him. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's important. That's very important. No, for sure. For sure. I mean, you guys are, in a circle that, you know, uh, we don't want to be in, like, you know, in that uh, circle. It, it's not supposed to be like this. You exactly. know, it's not supposed to be like this. So all I can say, like, is really, like, be there for your brother, man. Be there for Gil. You know, I know he's going through it. Uh, unfortunately, sure. you know, you've been uh, in that situation. So I know mm -hmm. it must be totally, like, horrifying for him right now. So I know you're yeah. doing your work. So, but you know, anybody, that would, that, that would devastate anybody. Like, yeah, you know? yeah, definitely, definitely. Shish, man. Shish. I don't want to stay in that topic too much, man, because that, that thing I want to, you know, uh, I definitely like. I, yeah, I we definitely could switch it up, but that's definitely a real topic that needs to be addressed. It's no, important. it definitely, it people, definitely is important. People die it's important. every day, and people, yeah. nobody talk about it. Like you know what I'm saying? Nobody yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Like, you know what I'm saying? For sure. Like, with, like just... without the knowledge, even like when I had kidney failure, and back in 2015, like. Mm -hmm. I had examples in my family. My cousin Shandia, she passed away from kidney issues. My my uh my uncle Chucky had a transplant, then he went back on dialysis, then he wound up passing away last year. Like I had these examples in my family and I was unaware that it could happen to me. So when I was diagnosed with kidney failure, I'm like, man, listen, I'm gonna let everybody know what I went through so they can make it so they can have at least a shot, like, you know, to not go through what I went through. 
Like, you know what I mean? Because they have this knowledge that I didn't even have and that I was unaware of. Like, you know what I'm saying? So that's why I be on that. Like, I'm the celebrity ambassador for the National Kidney Foundation. I work with Gift of Life, and I have my own foundation, wow. Freedom Thinkers, Michelle Inc., Lawson. you know, where we uh where we spread awareness about, you know, health and health in general, but kidney health, and we, we, we uh preach prevention. So you won't even get to the point where I was at where I needed to get a kidney transplant. Well, talk a little bit more about that experience, because I know that, you know, you were sort of in your career at that point when you did experience the situation with the kidney failure. Yeah. Yeah. What led what led to that? Was it lifestyle? What what was it that actually led to you having it was, kidney it failure? Was, um, it was high blood pressure and diabetes. And those things come from lifestyle. Like, you know, for years, I did what I wanted, ate, ate what I wanted, drank what I wanted studio two three in the morning ordering pizzas burgers like doing whatever like coming out the club two three in the morning from performing like oh i'm hungry i just got off stage i gotta eat and those hours are the nicest nothing available but fast food and you know it's about choices that i made you know that that damaged me you know and um i just want to make sure people know these things can happen and you know we got to prevent them things from happening if you want to live a healthy life Absolutely. Well, listen, you know, again, French said it earlier, the reason why he did title it Resilience is because you have certainly been plagued with a lot of challenges, but just observing it from the outside, looking in, I see your strength. And I definitely see how you're able to, I wouldn't even say overcome it, because it's not something you overcome, but it's it's an acceptance thing, right? It's learning yeah. to accept the situations as they are and as they come. Um yeah. Which is it, which takes a lot of strength, and and more so than that, I think it takes a lot of um, what's the word I'm looking for? I think you you can help me out with this one, uh, faith. Yeah, right. It takes faith. a lot right. of faith. I feel like everything, like even the fact that Allah allowed me to be Muslim, helped me with the decisions that I made when I started to try to turn everything around, like you know, and, and stand in front of it, and like me going through what I went through. Like I was on dialysis for four years. Um, from September 2015 to February uh, 5th, 2019, when I received my gift of life, I received my new kidney. And when I went through these things, it took a lot of patience. Like, you know, it took a lot of resilience. I even, like, you know, was able to move around. I was blessed to go on tour while I was on dialysis, alhamdulillah. Shout out to DJ Khaled and shout out to Jay and Beyonce. They allowed me to come on a couple dates on the On The Run 2 tour. And, like, I would have to route my dialysis with the tour, like I land in Atlanta, I do the show, the next morning I gotta go to dialysis, then I'm going to Orlando, I do the show that day, then the next morning I have to go to dialysis. I, I the same thing in Miami, like, you know, I was able to do it and I, I wanted to do it first and foremost because I, I love my career, but I definitely wanted to show people that was going through what I was going through at the time that it's not a death sentence and you can live a successful life on dialysis if you take the proper steps to do what you're supposed to do. But the best thing for a person on dialysis is a, a kidney transplant because it doubles their life expectancy. I, I'm well. I'm glad that you actually go ahead, Frenchie. No, no, no. I, I just want to say that because that remind me another, like you know, another good friend of mine that we lost, and you probably know him too, Prodigy. You know, we lost. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. Like you know, uh, uh, same exact Super. way. Like you know, like it, obviously it wasn't kidney failure, but. He was yeah. sick for a long time, and I remember mm -hmm. I, I, I've been booking him overseas and all that. And he always struggled like with that uh, uh, his situation, but his drive was still there. Like you know, he never yeah, missed exactly. a show, never did like you know what I mean. That's 
What what is that thing? He, like that he's a strong like, brother, man. I got a chance to spend some time with him too before he passed away. Yeah, P was just we amazing. Like, uh, yeah. He had a book, and we both was at like this book expo in Baltimore, and then we both spoke at a prison in um, Pennsylvania, Gratisford, one of the um, biggest state um, pens in Pennsylvania. And we got to speak there together too. So I spent some time with him. Mean, good brother, man. Strong brother. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah that's God bless his soul. And like remind me a lot of that one because like he actually died after a show. He was doing a show in Vegas and then he, mm -hmm. right after he went to the, to the hospital and stuff. So you guys are just like, you know, the dedication of like you, you guys have is just out of this world. And I really, yeah. man, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. But I, what I was saying was like me going through those things. Like when my daughter was diagnosed with cancer, I was able to be more patient and help her deal with what she was going through. Like she had an operation, you know, on her back and then she like had to wear drains and all those things. And I actually have footage in my phone. Like, look, baby, I did the same thing. Like I had to, when I got my transplant, I had to wear drains. I had to do this. I had to do that. I can show you right here. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it was, it, it allowed me to be more, you know, able to, understand what she's going through and be be there for her better in a better capacity than I probably would have if I never went through none of those things. So, you know, God's plan, you know, mysterious as it is, it's always, you know, the best thing for us. Even we might, we might think it's not the best thing for us, but God knows what he's doing. Never question God's will. And I love that message. I absolutely do. I think it's very powerful. And it's a good reminder for, you know, for us who sort of marry this world, right? We marry our exactly. children in the sense that we latch onto them. We, we become possessive over the things that we're given in this life. And mm -hmm. ultimately, we know that it's not for us, you know, nor will this ever last for us, you know the afterlife is there. So I understand it from that perspective too. So thank you for sharing that. Now I do want to ask you, do you think that righteousness or piety and the music or entertainment business can coexist? That's rough. That's a rough question. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, it don't really matter. It don't really matter what I think, you know, it, it what matters is what the scholars think and, you know, what, you know, what's, you know, what, was really the truth. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's what really matters. And um, the majority of the scholars agree that, you know, we really not even supposed to be doing music. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it's a lot of reasons why, like, you know, um, like for, to, one of the most simplest reasons is, you know, the time of people taking to listen to our music, they could be doing something to better their self religiously the time that we take to make the music, we could be doing something to better our, ourselves religiously. So, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's cool. But, you, but Freeway, but you having you having experienced the music industry and seeing it from the inside out, I think you have a better mm -hmm. perspective. Um, would you say it can coexist? Just you, you yourself. I mean, I know that there's differences in, you know, scholars' opinions when we talk about the rulings of Islam, but specifically to you, do you feel like it can coexist? I don't know. I'm still in it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, gotcha. Sometimes it's cool. You know what I'm saying? And then sometimes, you know, uh, it's a wicked industry. I'll tell you that from the, from the rip. Like, it's definitely a wicked, wicked business. Like, just like any business where you can make it's a, a wicked lot of world. Money. Yeah, it's a wicked <laughs> world. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, so, you know, uh, what I do is, I try to make sure my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds. Like I try to do as much good as I can, 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you know, um, I pray that it's enough. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? I pray that it's enough. And I pray that when I pass away, I have people that care about me enough to do those things that I was just telling y'all that I do for my kids. Like, you know what I'm saying? And uh, so many Muslims do for their loved ones that pass away. You know, and I just pray that, you know, I could put more good into this world than negativity. And I pray that it's enough for me to make it to heaven. If not, I'm in, like, you know what I mean? I'm in hot water, literally. We <laughs> <laughs> use music no, to no. do that. Yeah, make God protect us. We, we, like, you know? we all feel like we have time. Even though I, like, even though my daughter, my son died, my dad died, my daughter died, uh, my son died 2020, my daughter died 2021, my dad died 2022. It's 2023. I'm just getting some. I'm just getting some relief, like mm, as far mm. as my family. And then one of my close friends' son dies. Like you know what I'm saying. That's so crazy. It, with all with all this going on, and and me being super Muslim, and me knowing these things, I still feel like okay, I might have time to do this. Like you know what I mean. Hopefully, mm. like you know what I mean. I still have time to get it together, but it's kind of foolish. Like you know what I'm saying when you really think about it, but. We're humans and we're flawed, so you know I'm yeah, gonna try no. to do the best that I could do. Like you know, what I'm saying, inshallah, it's just enough. I mean, you said it best, man. It's all about balance. Like you know, the, ba- yeah, the balance yeah. is everything, especially in this life. Like balance is everything. At the end of the day, we yeah. know that we're not superhuman. You know, what I mean, there was only yeah. uh, you know one uh, prophet, most people, people Peace going, be upon but, him. Yeah, yeah, you know. But the thing is that uh, you know, I approach life the same way. My my things. It's not about like the, the, the financial that I'm going to leave, the, the, the material that I'm going to leave. It's, I want people to remember me like for the life that I've been able to change. Like, you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's mainly why uh, we're in here. Like, you know what I mean? That, that's, that's basically what you're doing. And you're, you're just your experience. You're speaking. You're actually engaging with other people. You're actually sharing your experiences. You might be able to change lives. So I think that me, that's how I approach, I approach life. Like, I, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that I'm not going to be judged by all the material that I left here. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm definitely sure. not. Like, like you know, I'll give you a perfect example. When I was a young boy, my old head that I was that I was grinding with had a 420 Benz. It was the best thing that I ever seen. Like, oh, my God. Like, he had these rims on there. He would come through and, like, everybody would, like, be breathless, like, over this car. Now here's 2023. I got a couple benches that look like spaceships, and like I wouldn't even drive that car that from back in the day. Like you know what I'm saying? So that shows you how how things how the value of uh, things change. Like look exactly. at the prophet peace be upon him, and, and the, the way they used to have to travel, they used to, have to travel in caravans. It would take them three months to get from one city to another city. Like you know what I mean? And imagine fucking thirty, forty years from now, the way they're going to be traveling and transportation and the things that. They're gonna value. They're gonna look back at these times like, man, them things is nothing. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, Facts. when we look at it from from that view, we will realize that these this material stuff is nothing. It's nothing. There's nothing. Like, we can't take it with us. We, we can leave it for our, our our people. Be you know that's that's coming after us, our family and our loved ones. But we can't take it with us. Definitely not. Only thing that you could take with you is your deeds. Your deeds, exactly. That's why, like, you're gonna be judged from what you have inside. Like, your mm-hmm. your heart is more important. The 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 the, 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 the number of lives that you've been able to change while you're mm-hmm. in here, 
Because people think about like... If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million quality qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need indeed. Most of the time, about like afterlife and being, but if you don't do the right thing in here, like <laughs> the afterlife is not even like you know a, a question, you know. So um, yeah. Now I mean, no, definitely. Go ahead and just. That's why I like you know some of the things that I do, like with my Freedom Thinkers Academy um, Foundation, is music, health, education, and culture. Like I told y'all, what we're doing on the health side, like I'm a celebrity ambassador for the National Kidney Foundation. I work with the Gift of Life. And, um, you know, we just try to spread awareness about kidney health and good health in general. On the education side, I got some STEM workforce development programs. I got students in class right now, not literally not right now at this hour, but right now they're in our classes, you know, to get certifications. I have phlebotomy courses. I have engineering 101 music engineering courses. I partner with OIC in Philadelphia. I partner with a foundation in Delaware. And we're giving these kids opportunities. We're allowing them to take these courses for free. And with OIC, if you from 18 to 24, you could qualify to get paid while you take the courses. And when these kids get these certifications, we assist them in getting jobs. Like, you know what I'm saying? So that's another way of me giving back, you know, especially for Philadelphia, because in our city, there's so much violence and negativity. And I feel like one of the main reasons why these young folks is out here doing these things is because they don't have many opportunities. Yeah. To, to take this course to get the certification and to go straight into the workforce versus being on a corner risking your life trying to sell drugs I feel like they're going to make the right choice you know? so that's why we're doing those things I think what you're doing is absolutely incredible and commendable especially that you know you have a, a deeper level of understanding of, of the state of society today now obviously you're in a different spiritual state today than you were when you first started in music yeah, is there any definitely. regret? Is there any regret, or maybe any wishes that you could possibly remove some of the content or music that you've produced in the past, so that it's not accessible to the youth? Do you ever think about these things? Because I know that Mutad doesn't listen to any of his music. He doesn't incorporate it on any of his, like you know, documentaries. Like he has a lot of um, resistance against a lot of the stuff that he's, po he, you know, he put out before. So I'm wondering if that's the same sentiment with you. I mean, I feel like in my music, of course, I got some music that's probably totally out of pocket but i feel like in my music i try to get people the real when i try like even what we do is wrong like that was what i was living at the time like that was really my life like at that time i had one foot in one foot out like i'm going to baseline recording but i'm on the block too like when i'm not there like you know what i'm saying so i can't regret or try to change something that i went through that that was really a part of my life like you know what i'm saying so 
Yeah, I agree with you. When I, but I, the only reason why I asked that is because it just rem, it dawned on me when you talk about the well after you pass away, right? And yeah, then yeah. for for every time somebody drinks that water, there's a blessing that goes towards, you know, it's accounted towards your 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 children. And so yeah. I think about the music, and if it's detrimental to society, you know, after your passing, this is something that lives on. Yeah, I feel like I have friends that's in the music business, like like my mm-hmm. brother Jacker uh, from the Bay Area, rest in peace. Like he was a real, real close friend of mine. And he was Muslim, and I feel like we mirrored, mirrored each other, because the the things that I was doing and the way that I was living on the East Coast, he was doing the same thing on the West Coast. And we got had an opportunity to do an album together. We spent a lot of time together. We toured the world together. We were Africa, Sweden, like uh, uh, oh, you name it. We've been there together. And you know, that's my brother. When he passed away, it really affected me. And I really thought about that. Like, you know, it was, for a long time, I wouldn't even want to listen to his music because I didn't want him to, I didn't want it to affect him in a negative way. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's, that's definitely a possibility. Like, you know, and it, it's something that I think about, but I haven't acted on it. But uh, I mean, at the same time, I think that, you know, it's part of your journey. Like, you know, uh, kind of remove that. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, a little bit a line of uh, lying to yourself as well. Like, you know, what I mean, you be as you say, like, you know, that's something that you are living at the at the exact, uh, you know, time. So, I mean, I, I don't think that like people evolve, like, you know, that's, that's part of the, the you know, of the, 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 exactly. the part of yeah. life and everything. So I think that it's, it's a testimony. You know, me personally, I feel that it's still very valuable to have your music out there, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and to, to make sure that people see the evolution of freeway instead of being stuck and then just remove it. Like, you just, you, you didn't become, like, you know, you didn't become, like, the, the person that you are right now just uh, by magical stuff. Like, you know, you actually experience this stuff. It's, a, it's exactly. important to show people, like, you know, your, your evolution, your experiences. Definitely, yeah. I see both, I see both of y'all points 100%. Absolutely, absolutely. So let me let me shift it just a little bit now. What are your thoughts on the current state of hip hop and music today? You know, one point I'm going to highlight is that I believe it was uh, Rashad Bilal of Earn Your Leisure, if you've heard of those guys, or 19 Keys even, both had made yeah, yeah. statements recently. One said, you know, female rap is embarrassing and it's all the same poison is what's being fed to our daughters. The other one stated, you know, we have prostitute culture, a society that loses its morals can never live by the truth. Do you agree? If so, what would you, what would be uh, the necessary action to take in order to shift society in a more moralistic, you know, direction? I mean, the only thing I can do is is lead by example, and you know, try try my best to show, even like you know, the things that I was going through when I had kidney failure, and like you know, I had to change my lifestyle. I had to you know switch the way I eat and switch the way that I carry it, and. You know, I can't speak on what someone else is doing. I could just try to show people through me and be be a good example myself. You know, as far as the state of hip hop, it is what it is. Like, it's, it's where society is at right now. It's a reflection of, you know, the society is a reflection of the music and the music is a reflection of the society. Like, things are way different than they were when I was, when I was coming up because the society was different. Like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like artists mm. are artists the type of artist that I am and, and the type of artists that I, I gravitate to are artists that speak their real life experiences. You know what I'm saying? So 
if somebody, if this is the way somebody living, it's the things that they going through, it's going to be pretty hard to tell them not to do it and not to like, you know what I mean? <laughs> because I see it in Philly all the time. Like, we tell these young boys all the time, like, yo, y'all shouldn't be out here shooting and y'all shouldn't be out here doing this and doing that. But if you're not providing a, a, a different way for them to live and a different way for them to make money, then they're going to be like, oh, hey, you don't get out of here. Like that's why I got these that's right. why I got these workforce certification programs. So when I come to these young boys now, I'm like, young boy, put the gun down, come get one of these courses. You could make seventy five thousand dollars a year as a phlebotomist. I got you. I'm gonna make sure you get a job. Now they listening. Like, you know what I'm saying? Amazing. Amazing. You're creating the opportunities in order to shift the conversation away from right. what they're actually doing to what they should be doing. I, I love that. I love that. And listen, actionable. Absolutely. And so listen, I know that your time is limited with us and I definitely want to get more questions in, but this time from our listeners, uh, we have a couple of people coming up on stage here. We'll, we'll yield the floor to them. Um, firstly, I want to start with uh, Frenchie. I know you had something to say, so go ahead. No, no, no. I'm, I'm about to let people in, but I just wanted to make sure that people understand this conversation was like, you know, we know about Freeway and uh, it's musical, like, you know, uh, it's a legend, like, you know, all the rock, Rockefeller and all that, it's all out there. I wanted to create another kind of uh, conversation in here. I think that what we, we, we got out here today is just priceless, like, you know what I mean? So everything else, like the Rockefeller days, like his, all this, uh, 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 you know, all the music that he put out there is very valuable. I just wanted to make sure that uh, you guys didn't think that we we forget we forgot about this, but I wanted to make sure that also today was about like something else, like like presenting and introducing a new face of uh, free that probably people don't really know. You know, resilience was a really 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 big thing for me uh, when I actually studied your your whole uh, you know your life basically. Thank you. you know, so uh, yeah, definitely. So yep. Man, it's an honor and it's an honor yeah. and a blessing for y'all to even study my life. Man, I'm just. A, kid from philly that had a dream like you know I, this is i'm, I'm on, living man. my dream this is what i wanted to do i'm living my dream like you know and it's a blessing like you know and you know it's gonna, nah, be, it's gonna be ups and downs with everything but as long as you stay focused you feel you feel you feel finest like yeah. you need to stop man like you know being you're like you know you you open the door and and I, i'm very very close to people from philly as well like you know i'm very close with look man like you know uh Kenny Gamble, yeah 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 like, the you know, uh, That's another know, another yeah. beautiful example of of a black man yep. for for us for our community. Like some of the things yep. that he was able to accomplish and still are accomplishing are amazing, and it definitely motivated me to go in the direction that I'm going in. Exactly. Look, my just design. so you know, you might question some of the content of your previous music, but a lot of it was very motivating as well. Yeah, that's what I was which saying. is equally that's as what I was as saying. important. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> like, that's how I feel about my music. You know what I mean? But, you know, I'm like, I don't, who knows if I, you know what I mean? I'm not, you know what I mean? The see all, end all. Like, you know what I'm saying? I just, I just do me and try to do my best. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? You're yeah, creative. No, definitely, definitely, definitely. We, we so, get it. Don't worry, Freeway. No, but thank you so much. And, and I'm going to get a few people in here, but I think Stacky is here. Uh, go ahead, Stacky. <laughs> hey, you so. You got a freestyle for you, know, I'm so, so it's not freestyle, like. <laughs> I have to do a bar if I wanted to come up here. So we got to raise our kids while we live and make a millions off of records. Though my niggas out of prison. Fuck a Billy Alexis, just my boys in the squad. Nigga talking reckless till I hit him with the smithing. <laughs> so I had to do a bar if I was going to come up here. And that's exactly what so, we're talking about. 
<laughs> exactly, man. You see what I mean, bro. You see what I mean. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So first of all, I'm from West Philadelphia, right? I grew up on your music. That's that's the first thing. When they said when when they asked that question about take your music, you know, would you would you remove your music? When I say your music is like the reason a lot of us got through. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Because yeah. we felt like, you know, you you performed at my school before. Um, I'm a grown up now, and of course I'm in my thirties. But you performed at Sair before uh, I when share. I was a young girl. Uh, I want to say, <laughs> oh, you did. Let I didn't me tell even know you that. A, so I went to like, I um, <laughs> I went to Sarah and I really got my break at Sarah. They had a rap contest. A pregnancy is not for me. Rap contest. I don't know how old you are, but uh, at one point in time, I'm a, I'm a little younger than you. All right, yeah, but... with this radio jockey at Philadelphia named Stanley T and. He embraced me and took me around when I was young and really made me believe that I could do this. So that's definitely shout out to Sarah. Wow. And shout out to Stanley T. It's definitely real influential in my career. Wow. Okay, okay. That's cool. So you probably went to Sarah with my cousins. That's wow. It was a middle school when I went there, so I don't know. So it was a middle school, and then it, that same year it transitioned into high school. Yeah, when I was going there, it was all um, middle school. Like, it wasn't even no transition in sight. <laughs> That's wild. Okay. All right. I didn't even know that. That's a good, I'm bad that I didn't know that. But I remember y'all performed at Sarah and y'all was the only people coming through. You already know how that neighborhood is. You know how Sarah is. So, uh, and nobody was coming through and y'all just popped. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dub, y'all decided to perform there and it was like my first interaction with anybody who was a celebrity so it was mind-blowing for me and it was like just a kind of a glimpse outside of like our neighborhood so you know i mean your music just means so much to everybody in philly if you wish to do that i think <laughs> uh you know everything will fall apart i don't know but thank, thank for sure. you for sure Thank you so well, much. Stax just spoke. She does not want you to remove your 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 music, so don't do it. Uh, she will come from my head if you do. Let not me. Uh... <laughs> All right. So let me go ahead and throw it to Audiomatic. Go ahead. The floor is yours. Let's direct your question at Freeway. Renchi, MJ, Chantel, Freeway, Stax, everybody up here. What up, Freeway? What's uh, up? On this topic, yo. So in what you're doing. And trying to now uh, show people there's another path. I think that's one of the reasons your early music is so essential to uh, really help somebody or, or capture their attention. They need to be able to relate to you 
And I feel like those early releases that you had, and, and I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of Philly, man. Like all the way down to the the screw tapes and the OT, the real, yeah, and yeah. the yeah, yeah, the Rent Thomases, like deep into the Philly shit. Yeah, R.I.P. Rich Quick, but like in what you're doing, I think those are essential. And, and I wanted to know, being from Philly, and now trying to show people there is another path, and just like the guys I just mentioned, you know, in Philly, there's a mindset. Uh, a survival mindset and you touched on the fact that uh until there's a, a way for them to you know take another path um how do you feel over the next like you know three to five years like you can really uh take advantage of of where you're at in life to um you know really help people in, in that direction and uh where do you see yourself as, as far as like the long stretch like where do you see this developing into in in you know the long term I mean, I, I feel like the best thing to do is to put the work in, and that's what I'm trying to do. Like, you know, with Freedom Thinkers Academy, and, you know, with um, some of the other things that I'm doing, I feel like the best the best way is to lead by example and to put the work in, and and give them some solid opportunities. And that's what I'm, you know, that's what I'm doing. And um, as far as where it's going to go, who knows? Like, I, you know, there's so many places that I can take it, and there's so many ideas and things that I want to do. So. I just pray that, you know, Allah gives me the time and, you know, we're going to carry it. We're going to keep going in the right direction. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, man. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Uh, we had last question, Bernard. Oh, uh, thank you for having, um, for having me. Um, this one is for, uh, really, um, being, being that, being with that click, um, um, state property. Um, I just want to know, um, what, what, bear with me, my speech impairment. Um, did, did, did any of the did any of the rappers um like there was so they were like they like like challenged you to take 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 to take your um take your rap style to the next level? You said did any rappers challenge me to take my rap style to the next no, level? No, not yet. Yeah, like no, like um like the the rappers felt like that like they like they like they inspire you to to take take your um take your rap style to the next level. So he's talking if, about if, like yeah, yeah, state property. Yeah. What you're saying, um. Most definitely, state property, rock being around Jay, being around Dipset, you know. Uh, shout shout out to shout out to big homie Jay, you know he got the Book of Hove exhibit in Brooklyn, and you know they recreated Baseline, and you know, being in that environment around so many hot artists, you know the saying "still sharp and still" is a fact. You don't want to be get kicked like at that time. If you come with the wrong verse, you getting kicked off a song. You don't want to be the boy that got kicked off the song. Did the song be a hit? And you like, damn, I was, I could have been on that, John. You know, um, just being around different talented artists makes you want to step your game up. It makes you want to be better than you know, you was on the last song. So definitely, one hundred percent. Still to this day, like you know, because we still all cool. Like, I had a twenty year anniversary count. This is the twenty year anniversary for Philadelphia Freeway, and I had yep. my twenty year mm. anniversary concert in Philadelphia, and it was the first time in. God knows how many years that the whole state property was there performing together. Then, wow, there then, was all there, yeah, all together. Then we performed together again this year at the Roots picnic. You know what I'm saying? So like PD, 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 all that, like oh, and all those. Yeah. Oh, PD, you know, I'm dropping a new project this year called the Stimulus Package Two with Jake One, and PD is on. He featured on that album too, man. So definitely oh got some, God, some, some exciting music for y'all and y'all definitely going to see the growth in, in, in the stimulus package too and i feel like y'all going to love it everything that Amazing. i've been through in, in the past four or five years i poured it into the 
music and y'all gonna love it. The first single, Family wow. Tree, Family Tree is gonna be available real soon. So look out for it. Man, man, amazing. Well, listen, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure we have a slew of questions coming for you. I know there's a couple more hands that were up, but I know we have to let you go. Listen, I want to say that not only are you resilient, you're incredibly strong, a beautiful example to people like myself. I have children as well. And it's, you know, it's, it's an unfortunate reminder, but it's a, a powerful reminder when you see someone experience losses like that, but able to overcome. I think that, you know, you're showcasing something so incredibly beautiful and, and I, I'm taking from that. So I appreciate that. Uh, and, and like, you know, I can't even take credit for it. Like, you know, the, the, the way that I'm reacting to these situations and the way that I'm dealing with these situations is because of my relationship with God and my understanding of Islam. Like, 100%. Like, without that, I don't know where I would be or what I would be doing. Like, you know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, I mean, that's beautiful. Well, my brother, thanks a lot, man. Thanks a lot. It was yeah. a real honor. Uh, Stacky, you have something to say? I think you have, your, your hand was up. Yeah, I just want to say too before you know the first question was like a nerd uh, fan question, but this time it's it's actually something that's helpful. So um, I I have my own company. It's called Stockianas. We we teach financial literacy to women. Um, I do plan on giving back to Philadelphia in some kind of way, and um, anything that you need, um, you know, so far is as your initiatives are concerned, especially in STEM, mm -hmm. I would I would like to help out in that area. So is there any Amazing. way that I can get in touch, you know? Yeah, yep. Uh, yeah, we figured it out. Yeah, just uh, all you got to do is hit the, e hit the email. Uh, it's info at freedomthinkers.academy. Uh, or you could just DM me your information on uh, Twitter or on Instagram, and I I'll connect you. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll link you up, uh, Stacky. Don't worry. All right. Okay. All right, man. Well, so thank you. It. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so, so much. To all my fans that's on here, that's strictly for music. We definitely got some dope music coming. Uh, Stimulus Package 2 coming. Um, I was blessed enough to perform this year at the uh, Red Carpet at the BET Awards. You know, it was a wow. bluffing. We gave them some nostalgia, you know, some of the classic material. Then I performed on 106 and Park, and I performed a new single, um, Family Tree. So you can actually get a little peek of it on my Instagram page. And you know, I appreciate y'all. I appreciate all the love and support no throughout problem. all the years. Yeah. And free, listen. Health, quickly, quickly, regarding your health, everything is good. You can tour internationally now, like still? Yeah, alhamdulillah. Like, Once I got the transplant, I was able to move around, you know, and do I, I don't have to do dialysis anymore. When I was on dialysis, I had to be there three times a week, four hours a day, hooked to the machine. And you know, once I got my transplant, I don't have to do those things anymore. Alhamdulillah. So okay, alhamdulillah. So bad, bad. I'm a, I'm gonna set up I'm gonna set up some for you. Like you know, I mean, I'm in Australia, and a lot in a in Middle East and and all that. So I get with your people, and then we we definitely gonna organize something. We definitely need you out there. Yeah. So sure. uh, yeah. definitely, thank you, my brother, again. Yeah, and and uh, yes. that was a great, great show, man. Anytime, man. Everybody, y'all yeah. have a good night, and you know, put God first. Like that's. Putting God first has got me so far. Like, you know what I mean? I promise y'all, man. So put God first. Hey, Free, listen, our, these segments are recorded by all means. If you ever wish to do so, go ahead and retweet it. Have others listen to it. I think you said some very powerful things. Yeah. Have a blessed night. All right, guys. Good night. It's, a, it's amazing that I'm on episode 42 because I have a few 42 millimeter Rolexes. So.
Listen. <laughs> well, know, right. Let me know when you want to forego one of those. <laughs> Never. <laughs> All right, y'all. All right. All right. Be well. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Y'all have a good night. Wa alaikum salam. Take care. Inshallah. All right, guys. Good night. This has been another episode of Culture Talk brought to you by CEO and founder Fred Frenchie of The Culture Cards. Thank you for tuning in and special thanks to the featured guests.